Well, hello, hello. Welcome back to episode 26 of Ready to Redo. I don't know where the time has gone, but I can say that I am super proud of this and I'm just so happy that you're listening to this. And if you're new, welcome. This is an awesome place to be. Uh, And today we're going to be discussing the biggest elephant in the room, or should I say the classroom, and that is well-being. And the fact that where, where is it? Where is the well-being? Where is the focus? So today we're discussing practical ways to make students and people feel like they belong because it is so important, as well as stories from my recent teaching placement that just emphasize the need for it, as well as tips that I've learned through teaching professional development that is so, so essential and effective to connect to students or just anyone in general. I hope you enjoy this one. Let's jump into it. Hey everyone, welcome back. So I know you love a good ranting and I am here to provide, of course, with specifically the topic of well-being. And I love well-being. I froth over it, honestly. I mean, I did a science degree. I did psychology and physiology. So I'm just obsessed with the topic of health, uh, healthcare? No, mental health, of meeting our basic human needs. And unfortunately, it's ironic. We just don't focus on these things in school. Like it's an afterthought. We're prioritizing things like academics and grades and fulfilling criteria to graduate from year 12 and do the exams. But the idea of having healthy relationships with yourself and with others or being comfortable in your own skin or creating an environment that is super supportive and and shows that they care about the students is all just like a oh yeah I guess we'll we'll get to it one day like are we not seeing the mismatch (laughs) okay I'm already starting to rant I thought we were gonna ease into it but no we're just jumping straight into it can we not see that if we don't focus on well-being or all of that, then how are we going to create effective learners, like students who are willing and capable of focusing on learning and studying? Like that's an afterthought. Until we are comfortable with ourselves, all of that stuff is an afterthought. And I, okay, so if you've heard some of the previous episodes I did a placement in high school, so end of last year. So you'll know some stories about that. They're real funky stories. Today, going to continue that, but in the context of mental health. And I've got a few stories to share. Disclaimer, though, uh, we will be talking about suicidal thoughts of, mm, what's the other one, depression, of self-harming. So if any of those topics are just like not for you, like you don't want to listen to it. Of course, by all means, skip it. Uh, I'll just disclaimer it when I start talking about that. But the first idea I want to talk about is that school is essentially the second home for for kids or for teens. Where How, how long are we spending there? It, it's nine to three, Monday to Friday. That is a shit ton of time that, you know, it's either home or it's either school. And if we're not prioritizing making school a friendly, safe environment that's focusing on your personalized needs, 
then we are totally missing the point of of like childhood human development. Like we need to make sure that students feel okay here. And also it could be that some, especially for the students who come across as problematic or a handful, school might actually be their first home. They might have completely shocking personal lives and and family situations that we can never ever imagine for ourselves or for any child or teenager and this is what I learned from placement you can never ever assume what their living situation is like so we need to make school as accommodating and as welcoming as possible. But what ended up happening was a lot of these students who were uh, who would talk back to teachers and had really, really awful relationships in general, they were further isolated through detentions and suspensions, when in reality we really needed to protect and and just cultivate that well-being and to really support them to make them feel like they belonged in that school. And so this is where the disclaimer comes in. I'm going to be talking about two two girls in particular. One of them uh, was, is, gosh, I should say is, 13 years old. 13. Young for her year level because she was in year 8 going into year 9. Oh, oh man. Okay. I basically got to know her over those three weeks and she really always talked about suicide or about killing herself. And, and you know, like some students can say, oh my God, I want to die. And you won't look into it because you know that they're just joking. I should flag though that it's best, like always best, to just comment anytime you hear someone say that and not assume it's a joke. Uh, but I think I was going from the perspective that you know the student quite well and you can gauge like where they are mentally. Uh, but if you were to just ask them by doing it in a curious tone instead of a judgmental tone and just being like, oh, what do you mean by that? Like, can you can you expand on that? And then they'll probably just be like, oh, I hate this work. And then you're like, okay, I can see where, <laughs> where you're going with that. And this girl, uh, I overheard her talking to another classmate about this. She said that one day she didn't go to school and she didn't go to school because her boyfriend wasn't there. Already that should be a sign though. If, if this girl is only going to school because of one person, we know that she's not feeling connected to the rest of uh, of, of the classmates, of her so-called friends, of the teachers. She doesn't see a need in going because she only feels connected to one person. So already there's a, a resistance or a, or a gap between school and this student. She didn't go to school one day and the school contacted her mum. Her mum literally thought that her daughter had committed suicide. When in reality, the girl was probably chilling at Macca's. But if this is generally understood, it just blows my mind that this girl is oh, like keeps getting detentions and suspensions uh, for for you know like talk back and misbehavior, which I know makes sense. But if you listen to the punishment episode I've done, punishing with detentions and suspensions is a total band-aid. It's a band-aid and you're not focusing on the real problem, which is that she feels isolated, which is that she has so much internal shit that's going on that this is her outlet and her venting is through, you know, like creating a scene. 
Of course, I am not trying to trash teachers because teachers are awesome and they deserve to be recognized, at least majority of them anyway. But the thing is that sending students out is only a short-term effective tool, but long-term it's doing more harm than good. So that is something that we need to fix in the curriculum or the system so that there's no need for it because all students are feeling happy. And also by giving her suspensions, like sometimes she would get detentions and stuff for wrong uniform which oh my god uh let's not go into it but uh she would get suspensions as well and I was just thinking this is so ironic because you know what she's actually enjoying those suspensions she gets to spend less time in an environment she hates and that's just working against the schools which I mean you're you're further isolating her you're further amplifying the reason why she's not uh, behaving well in school and you're you're essentially making it worse and I attribute the misbehavior and all of that actually to what Danica said in the ninth or 10 episode I can't remember which one but she says this but you know if you're teaching kids or students who knows what their personal life is like and kids don't have a lot of choice and agency in their own homes and so Maybe this was his way of crying for help or daring the teachers to kick him out, and they didn't. This was their return of unconditional love and acceptance. And so it's the students really testing those teachers to really see, like, will you keep me here or will you kick me out like how I feel like I've been with other scenarios or instances in my life? Like, they're testing the guardians and the adults there to really suss out what's going on and whether they can confirm to themselves that they don't belong in school. And the other girl that I wanted to talk about, uh, she was self-harming. She really had, she didn't trust the teachers there. She didn't trust the guardians there for many different reasons. I think in the past as well, she just had really, really horrible experiences with adults where she thought she could trust them, but in the end couldn't. And for her... Oh my god, one day uh, she had a phone on her and I think there was really something going on in her personal family life and so she was having her phone there in case someone were to call her if she needed to contact someone. Except the fact is that schools have a policy, which is that you're only allowed to look at your phone, uh, where is it, before class or before school and you have to keep it in your locker until school ends. Oh my God. You know what? Like, I just look at that. And the first time I heard of that, I was like, this is ridiculous. Because do you know what that is? It's like saying to a Labrador, like, hey, stop eating. Like, that, this is not possible. So at least for what happened in uh, my school, it was, uh, what, what did we do? We'd hide it in our pencil case. You know, when the class is going on, we just like put stick our phone into the pencil case and use it there. Or like underneath the table, check it, put it in our pocket. Or even I saw in the school, like, take your phone and go to the bathroom. All of this. Okay, I can understand why. But then using the same logic, then why don't we ban phones in uni or or work? Because they're distracting. So the thing is, and I'm going to play devil's advocate, is that students only go on their phones because they prioritize it more than class. So why not approach it from the other side and just make class more interesting? The policy was that you can't have phones. She had a phone on her, obviously with a pressing issue. However, she still got it taken off her. That 
really upset me because, first of all, that just amplifies her distrust with people. When she's really in need, she is further punished in her mind for something that she she really needs more support, you know? Like, she needs support rather than a pushback. And there was a podcast episode with Simon Sinek and a man I cannot remember. Okay, so I googled after and his name is Darren Brown and this is episode 23 of A Bit of Optimism, which is Simon Sinek's podcast. They were talking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs and if you don't know what that is, I'm just going to bring it up because I don't want to um, mess that one up because it is a important, very important model to look at. Okay, so it's a pyramid. It's a pyramid and it has five tiers and they each tier is a range of human needs. So the first one is physiological needs. So things like water, food, warmth all of that. Second tier is safety, so security and feeling like you're not going to get killed. Second. Third is belongingness and love, so having relationships with people, feeling like you belong in a certain environment. Another one is esteem, so things like feeling of accomplishment, of status, and then the last one is self-actualization. That's a hard word. Self-actualization. So achieving one's full potential. That's sort of like the afterthought when your basic physiological needs are met. Except the interesting thing is that Simon Sinek says that this model is flawed. And it's flawed because Maslow, when he was making this pyramid, neglected the idea that humans are social beings that actually, you know what? I'm just going to let Simon Sinek say it. I've never heard of anyone committing suicide because they were hungry. We commit suicide because we're lonely. Mm -hmm. And the mistake that Maslow made is that he only considered us as individuals. And as individuals, his hierarchy is correct. Unfortunately, we are also, every single day, members of groups. Mm. And this is the paradox of being human, that every day we have to reconcile putting myself first or putting the group first. So we actually really need to prioritize that sense of love and belonging. And Marva Collins does that well. So when some kid misbehaves in her class, first of all, she knows that that kid is only misbehaving because there is some unmet need there. Like they are feeling lonely or they're feeling insufficient in some way and they're venting it out. So what she does is she just, she tells them, you belong here. I am not going to kick you out. I don't believe that's right. And you belong here just as much as anyone else does. However, we cannot accept that action you just did, whatever it is. So she is straight up saying to that kid, we will not kick you out. We will not give you a suspension or something and alienate you from this pack. There was something I loved that I learned, uh, the, the, the sort of like reframing of the mind. So it's not, oh my God, these students are giving me a hard time. It's, oh my God these students are having a hard time. Or, oh my god, these students have so many unmet needs. So they're never doing something to you. It's never about other people. The The misbehavior is stemming from one thing, and that's them and their relationship with others and themselves. So again, 
We really need to focus on them and making sure that they are okay. Of course, not neglecting the other students who don't show as visceral actions, you know, the ones who sort of just like get forgotten because they're quiet. However, they're experiencing the same thing. However, people express loneliness and everything in different ways. So if anything, we just got to focus on every student. We really got to focus on every student and make sure again that they are happy. Oh, is it utopian? No, no, it's it's a hundred percent possible. Uh, and and so, what are the solutions? What are the solutions to making sure that we focus on well-being? Like, what are things that we can do right now? Actionable things that can help students make them feel like they can belong. I did a Berry Street uh, professional development session as part of my masters of teaching. And they had so many great tips because they're teaching teachers how to incorporate uh, mental well-being and all of those practices into their teaching and therefore to help students. Something I learned, connect before correct. Connect before correct. So if a student is misbehaving, like starting a fight or, or talking back, the first thing, instead of saying, hey, stop talking back, or hey, yeah, blah, 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 like punishing, connecting first and saying, is there something wrong? Is there something that I need to know about? Because I care about the fact that this is happening. Like, is there something that's going on that I need to know? That already shows that person who's getting disciplined that this guardian cares about them, like they are being heard and that maybe their actions aren't necessary. I don't know. But it's to also, also to separate the action from the identity, to not call a person and identify them as being a, like a bad action, a bad student, but saying that I know that you are okay, however your actions are not, that we are going to separate them so you don't feel further isolated by this label that I'm putting on your action. Does that make sense? I don't even know. It makes sense in my brain, but maybe during my edits, I'll, I'll make sure that it makes more sense. No, you know what? It makes sense. Good job past me. Also, oh, also this TikTok that my friend uh, told me about, this TikTok of a teacher who teaches ELC or very early learning. So little, little babies, little four-year-olds, I assume. And he always says to them without fail, see ya, love ya every single day and then he explains in the tiktok oh well i say it because he learned that maybe that's the only time that they're going to hear it from a guardian maybe that's the only time especially love ya like they might not even hear that ever so by like reinforcing that to the students and making sure that they feel connected is his priority and i think that should be our priority too and a thing that Marva Collins said to a student, and this is when she was punishing that student. And if you want to know more about Marva and her badassery, that is episode 13, I think. But when she's punishing this one student for misbehaving, she says to him, and she's getting him to repeat, holding his mouth like this. I mean, it's the 1980s, whatever, no rules. She's holding his face like this and asking him to repeat her words. And she, at the very end, says this. I will not let Mrs. Collins love me more than I love myself. 
And she gets the student to repeat and the student starts choking up. Oh my god, I have to include it here again. It is my life. It is my life. I refuse to let Mrs. Collins. I refuse to let Mrs. Collins. Love me more than I love myself. Because I do love you and you can't stop me from loving you and I'm not going to let you fail, so sit down and succeed. It just warms my heart because school is all about connection. It's all about humans helping humans and humans teaching humans and making sure that everyone feels safe. If we don't make everyone feel safe, then we're not doing it right. Full stop. And I, when I was thinking about this whole topic, I, I came up with one little thing and I said, teaching without addressing well-being is like pushing a boulder up a hill. It's doable. You can do it. But first of all, it's super unproductive. And second of all, it's going to lead to long-term injury. It's really going to lead, or maybe even immediate injury if that boulder falls on you. It's just impractical, unrealistic, should not be happening. So while editing this, I went on a brain tangent and was like, oh wait, what if someone actually did push up a boulder up a hill? So then I googled and the legend of Sisyphus came up. So Sisyphus is this Greek mythological um, king. So because he was deceitful, he was punished by having to push up a boulder up a hill, but then it would roll down each time. So then he'd have to keep doing it and doing it. And that continued for eternity. So now, tasks that are both laborious and futile are described as Sisyphean. Thank you, Wikipedia, and the things you know. So this is technically slash rant slash call to action, because a lot of these students have so many unmet needs, and if we're not meeting them, then how can we focus on the academics? It's just not realistic or if it is realistic it's just mean <laughs> like it's not fair we really need to make sure that people feel like they can belong here because if we if we target the issue early on then we don't have to deal with the long-term consequences because everything honestly everything stems from the childhood development it really does like everything that they confirm in their minds early on will continue and be subconscious beliefs later on so we really really need to make sure that school is that comforting is that supportive and respectful environment that really really makes people feel like they belong here I feel like I've just said stuff in circles and whatever but I hope that really brings home the point and I think that is it I will see you next week. Bye.